Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mike Boris. Lamont, welcome to the mentor, mate. Thanks, Mark. Uh, I can see you working from home there or somewhere. Are you at home? No, in the office. In the, in the office, office, working, working hard. And where, where's the office for the New South Wales Small Business Commission? Where is the office for you? We're out in Parramatta, just Parramatta. Uh, just near the main main CBD of Parramatta. Okay, cool. And so I'm really glad you have come on today. Minister for Small Business um, told us about you last week, and to be frank with you, man, I never heard of your role and or your office and and I'm really pleased to know that there is such a person. How does it come about that we have a New South Wales Small Business Commissioner in 2020? Was that COVID related? Did it, did it sort of arise out of COVID? No, look, the office of the, the commissioner has existed for about 11 years. Right. Um, so my, my appointment was June of last year. Um, so I, I follow two previous commissioners. Right. So uh, take me through it. What does the commissioner do? I mean, is he there to give us a slap on the wrist, or is he there to make us better? No. Look, I, I think I think make make it better to promote enterprise, the importance of, of enterprise and small business, um, but also to to tell the government, hey, you're not doing this right. This needs to change. So I, I talk to my crew about how how we engage, and you know, it's the rule of three for me. It's we try and collaborate whether it's with small business or with industry groups or, or with government. Um, you know, we, we advocate for where we think something is wrong, uh, where it's a regulatory failure or just something that is not fair. Uh, and then if those two don't work, then we agitate. Then we, then we start saying, hey, these are the consequences of your actions. These are the consequences of this policy. This is not good enough. This is what we expect going forward. I'm getting a good feeling from you already. I like the way you talk, I, especially when you said agitate. I like that. I mean, agitate you. <laughs> you know, no, I'm serious. You, you said it with some sort of uh, gumption. That's pretty important. Um, and advocate. I, I get that. I, I, I want to drill down on advocate advocacy in a moment. Um, but I, I think I want to start off with the collaborate. Um, um, when you say collaborate, um, the minister last week said, no, I sort of picked him up a little bit on this. I, I just wasn't happy when he said, oh, look, I speak to the uh, the Business Council of Australia or the, you know, the local uh, Chamber of Commerce. Like, I'll be honest here, like, um, you know, what small businesses have got time to be sitting on the Chamber of Commerce? Some, not many. Um, I mean, otherwise there'd be too many people in the Chamber because there's so many businesses. Who do you collaborate with? Do you go, do you go out to, you're in Parramatta, do you go and walk down that main street of Parramatta there where we used to, 
when when COVID's not around, used to be a great eatery, and you know the or the road was locked off, and they're building the the tram line or the train line, whatever it is up the guts of it, and uh, knock on the door, say, "Hey, you on, Joe, Mary, blah blah blah, how's business? Is that is that collaboration?" Yeah, absolutely, and, and that was part of the, I guess, the job that I really enjoyed before COVID and before lockdowns. I went to the north of the state, I went to the west, uh, I went to the south, and the experience of small businesses are all different. Um, you know, the reasons for being in small business are different. Um, but as I often say, some of the best solutions that I get, not mine, but on my teams, that we spoke to the business down the road and they said, if only government did this for me or if government got out of my way on this issue, life would be so much easier. So uh, I, I'm a, a protagonist for smaller government. Uh, most businesses you know, I talk to don't want to deal with government. They just want to get on and do their business. Now, you know, we need government in certain areas and, you know, for, for various reasons, but, but most businesses want to avoid government. It's been you in COVID in the sense of most businesses had very little to do with state government previously. They dealt with the ATO and the ATO had a special place in their hearts and minds uh, and they dealt with local government. But state government for most was, you know, a bit of a mystery. Um, so for the first time, I guess we're seeing that. And, um, I, said, I, I said to my crew, we don't want grants because business don't want grants unless they absolutely need them. So we have a situation at the moment where you can't trade, you're restricted in a whole host of ways, so we've got grants. So in terms of the feedback I get is talking to small business and saying, how is that working for you? Is it working for you? And if it's not, what do you want, what the message do you want me to pass on to government to make it better? Uh, so that's really important. So there's no substitute for that direct interface and that direct discussion with small business. Unfortunately, small business is not, um, the small business community, I should say, is not in one group. I mean, no one's a member of one place. That's the problem. And therefore, you can't get, in terms of collaboration, it's hard. I mean, it's not possible for you to collaborate with every single small business in New South Wales, for argument's sake, because there's just too many of them and there's one of you or you've got a team, but, you know, you're a limited um, and uh, small businesses never coalesced into one place. I'm mean, sure we've got different sort of associations and small business association, whatever those various things are called. So I, I guess you're not really trying to be a representative, but you are going out there and finding out what the issues are and then you're prosecuting those issues within government. Absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of interactions we have through the commission, so they, they'll hit our website, ask for some information. Their story will be interesting uh, in terms of whether they've had some interaction with government, they've had a dispute with another business, uh, and we get involved. So those cases sometimes stand out. So when I am going to Ballina or to Broken Hill, uh, I say to the team, I want to meet that, that operator. I want to understand how they've gone since we uh, engaged with them, whether their dispute was resolved, uh, how did that change their business, uh, sometimes also with grants, if uh, a business was not selected and we've assisted them in getting selected for a grant, I want to know what difference that grant made uh, and how we can do it better next time. So I said, I love that face-to-face interaction. Look, these sort of sessions, these uh, interactive webinars and, and the like are fine, but the emotion that is, uh, I guess, so obvious when you deal with a small business one-on-one, they will tell you things but they won't tell a whole bunch of other people once they start talking about their business. And for me, I get a much better understanding. It's easier, I guess, sometimes for regional people. Um, I might come from regional Australia. I think 
you know, they, they are naturally talkative sort of people. Uh, they want you to know more about them and their family and their staff. Um, harder, I think, in some metro, metro environments uh, to really break the ice with small business. So let's say, for example, I'm Premier of New South Wales and I'm holding my 11 a.m. conference. I'm trying to work out who should be addressing the audience, which will include business people because they're trying to find out with certainty what the roadmap looks like and et cetera, and I'm the Premier, and I say, you know what, to be honest with you, I don't need the Commissioner for Police here anymore. I don't need Mick Fuller here. You know, like do we really does, – do the people – does my audience really give a shit about how many people got arrested and how many fines were handed out, you know, and the fact that, um, you know, we, we've got 100 soldiers along, alongside policemen knocking on people's doors making sure they're staying home. I reckon they don't. I'm the Premier, okay, so I'm going to make a call on this. I'm going to replace the Commissioner of Police with the Commissioner for Small Business, Chris Lamont. So uh, alongside me here, ladies and gentlemen, today and members of the media, um, I've got Chris Lamont, he's Commissioner for Small Business in New South Wales. Uh, Chris, could you get up and now tell us what do you know, what are you doing, what do you think we should be doing, et cetera? <laughs> Happy to. Uh, I guess my first message would be making sure that business are aware of support that's available to them. Okay, tell Too me about that. Too many times. Well, Job Saver, the Job Saver grant that's available to small businesses now, addressing businesses who are self-selecting out of that because they don't completely understand the eligibility criteria or they think the money has to go to pay staff, whereas it can go to pay for outgoing and business expenses. For them to know that they can apply for two, three, four types of grants depending on their business, that they know that there's Business Connect advisors, 120 of them across the state, that they know my office offers a mediation service to assist them with disputes with landlords to either get rent deferment or a reduction in rent, that all of that is available to them and they could go to my website, smallbusiness.nsw.gov.au, even if they don't know where to start, just to talk to a real person to find out what their journey might be to get some of that assistance. That, that's a good one. That rent, that rent one's a good one, uh, Commissioner. That, that's a really important one because um, they, they don't know where to go. They don't, they don't know where to go. Should go to some sort of landlord, tenant, uh, tribunal. You're saying the Small Business Commissioner's our office will help mediate. Help mediate in a, in a neutral fashion because despite what the media says, not all landlords are assholes and not all tenants are delinquents. Totally. Um, most of them, most of them will get and do a deal. Where the commission can help is we say, okay, the 10, 15, 20% that can't do that, let's get fair-minded people together and let's do a deal that both can live with. Because landlords don't want to kick out a tenant because they're going to have a bugger of a time getting a new one. And a tenant doesn't want to give up their spot. They've, they've, you know, they've invested in that location. They've, they've spent money on marketing. They want to stay there, but through no fault of their own at the moment, they can't trade. So mediation actually gets the parties together, avoids the courts, avoids the expensive legal bills and say, what can we do today to plan forward for the next six, 12 months. Okay, so you're going to explain how Job Saver works, for example. You're going to explain all the various grants that I may or may not be entitled to. Um, you're going to help me mediate with, with my landlord if I'm on the wrong side of the deal or if I'm a tenant, you're going to help the landlord mediate with me. So what other service can you offer me to help me get up and running, particularly with, you know, what happens when everything reopens? Yeah, well, and that's the advice. So how do I stay COVID safe? So what's the advice? What does the public health orders say that I must do in terms yeah. of ensuring COVID safety? Um, mental health. Um, what are all the resources available to me as a small business owner, to my managers, to my staff, to get the support that they need? So point them in the right direction. 
in some ways, you know, we're a bit of the, the, the nav man in your car that you used to have. You say, hey, this is a really complicated space. There's so much of assistance and governments almost falling over themselves uh, to provide advice. But for the small business operator, it goes, well, where do I start? Um, so if I can get one or two things done today, what should they be? So my view would be get the grants and the applications in that you need to. If you're having problems with your rent, let's let's make a mediation application for you now and let's have a plan for the next 6, 12 months because dealing with it all today for some can be exhausting. The best thing that came out of yesterday, I think, was the, the plan to reopen to give people time to work out what they need to do between now and let's say it's the 18th of October to get the wheels going because I think most people don't understand that a business can't turn on and off like a radio. You know, you can't open a kitchen tomorrow without talking to your suppliers, without talking to your staff. So the best thing we can do, I think, at this time is get people ready so when they can... Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. They can do it with gusto and they can do it with confidence. Well, why the hell, I nearly said another word, but why hasn't the Premier got you standing? I mean, this is the most sensible, simply put logical discussion I've had with New South Wales in 18, nearly two years, 18 months at least, about small businesses. Um, like in New South Wales, I don't know about anywhere else, but in New South Wales. Why the hell aren't you standing there having this conversation? Can you explain it to me? I mean, <laughs> is it because you're not the minister or you're not uh, – I mean, we, I don't think we need the minister. We need the dude who's who's going to talk to these people and or whose team's going to talk to these people. Damien's great, but like – you're the that's why when he offered me to talk to you, that I, I thought, yeah, I've got to take this opportunity up because this is the bloke that actually makes it happen. Okay, I'm gonna give you a good example. I know somebody who has a a farm that operates as a, a, a cattle farm, but they don't make enough money out of the cattle. It's very hard to make money out of cattle these days, unless you've got ten thousand acres. But they still got still run a farm. But at the same time, they run a farm stay experience, which a lot of councils now have changed their, the way they operate. They can run farm stay um, for you know, guests who want to stay in the farms and they use that money to supplement you know, the cost of running the farm. But because of COVID, the farm stays things just died. This particular organisation has some passive income, some other passive income, but it's not a lot of money. And uh, they put in the application for JobSaver and they were telling my son actually about it uh, they put in for the job for uh, job saver, and that, that says you don't qualify because the income you get from people who stay there is passive income, and uh, therefore it doesn't qualify as a business as such. 
and the cattle business is still doing what it normally does, but it's never been a great business anyway. Um, and all of a sudden they don't qualify for job saver, although they've got six employees who basically work in the accommodation business and they can't put them off because they've got to keep the premises up to grade. They've got to, you know, because eventually it's going to reopen. And, you know, as you just said, you've got a whole lot of work to be done every day. And the individual who these people I run this business, they know how hard it is in it's a regional area. They know how hard it is to get people staff in regional areas as well. So, and they don't want to let their people down for some reason. So, but no job saver. I mean, so what does someone like that do? Yeah, look, there's a couple of things there. Um, I think you need to have a look at the staff that you really do need uh, for, the, for the first time and, and, and that, that might be a challenge for them. But I think the other issue too is understanding the assistance that is already available in terms of uh, Commonwealth assistance. There's a whole bunch of Commonwealth programs in terms of COVID disaster payments for staff. One of the things I think that happens with, with small business is that they feel if I don't, if I stand there my staff, they're going to get nothing. They're not going to get paid anything. And that's just... Not true. The COVID right. support payment from the Commonwealth gives them 750 a week. Now, we might say it should be more or less depending on who you are, but making a decision based on not having all the answers is dangerous for that small business or that business. So one of the best things I think we can do here at the Commission is making sure that have that information so they're making informed decisions, that they look at what they need to do to reopen, that they're marketing now. Because I think once we are allowed some freedoms uh, from the middle of October onwards, people are going to want to travel like they've never travelled before. We saw that last year. Mm. I met a, a, a tourism operator in Ballina, um, who was, you know, I've never seen someone so happy saying, Chris, this COVID's been the best thing for me ever. I said, you know, why, why is that? He goes, well, people can't go to Europe. They can't go to Bali. They're going as far north as they can in the state and they're holidaying here and they're not going to Queensland. It's fantastic for my business. Um, so there's an airport there. Great, great story. Great story. But I think once we are given our freedoms, we're still not going to probably be able to travel overseas for a while. But people will want to travel New South Wales. You know, Broken Hill, I saw people from Broken Hill last year. Anyone who wants a job in Broken Hill has got a job. Uh, that's what the public can tell me anyway. Uh, and the place was really, really buzzing. So I'm actually a bit more upbeat about regional New South Wales, Mark, because I think, um, you know, there is a... Uh, competitive advantage in many respects. My biggest fear for regional New South Wales is will they have, to your point, will they have the staff? Um, yeah. Because we, we're not getting the migrants come in. We're not getting the, the backpackers. Ag is going to face a real issue. We, we start harvesting canola soon. Where are those people going to come from? They're the challenges I see for regional New South Wales in the short. Um, so, so I guess, like I said, trying to give them information that is available uh, to their staff, to their business, so they can actually start to do the puzzle themselves, but it's, there's nothing worse when you don't have all the pieces. I think what you've told us is very logical, smart, and it's to the point. I want to ask you one more question, um, and it's, it's an important one because, you know, we're going to come out, of, come out of lockdown sooner or later. Up to now, it's about surviving. You're helping people survive, negotiate deals with landlords, all that sort of stuff. Um, post that, it's about thriving. Um, you know, how do they do well? What does the Commission of Small Business do in that regard? And what is your interaction with the Minister of Small Business? What is your interaction with the Premier? How's it work? I mean, can you ring up and say, listen, I need to come and talk to you. How are you going to get involved? Yeah, look, I, I would talk to the Minister for Small Business probably every second or third day. Um, so we, we meet regularly. I guess the, the point I would like to make, and I think that's the real strength of the Commissioner role, is I'm independent. So... Uh, I'm not a public servant in the traditional sense where I have to follow the, the rule book. I can say, look, I think all those programs are, are terrible or I disagree, oh, really? with your, I disagree with your department completely on this. Here's an alternative view. 
Now, the value or the, the lack of value in independence is that the government can accept or can reject what I'm proposing. So, but I think that independence is really important um, because I can put alternative views. Some of them, some of them develop in the commission. Some of them I hear from outside the business themselves. And I think that is the strength of the commission. Um, I've also been involved in more recent times with the treasurer answering questions and giving him some advice on where we go. To, to, your, to your question, though, in terms of where we go, you know, post the survival and thriving, I think the real challenge uh, for the next 18 months is getting your young people to consider a future in small business because they've only known the last two years, which has been doom and gloom, and why would you ever do it? So I think we need to get that, that spirit of entrepreneurism back and get more young people who might have been dissuaded because of the experience over the last two years to give it a crack again. Uh, and that's going to be a real challenge because all they'll have remembered over the last couple of years is all the, all the doom and gloom, all the, all the negativity that comes with running a small business. And I think if that, if that is allowed to pervade people's mindsets and people's aspirations and career uh, uh, goals, that we'll, we'll be poorer for it. So we need to actually really, really promote entrepreneurism uh, in this country uh, going out of this and encourage more of the next generation to give it a crack. Is that a marketing program? And we're talking about uh, you know, summits and, um, um, you know, well, they, I know they do this very successfully in the Northern Territory. They have um, Small Business Month. It used to be in October. And they just dedicate the whole month to bringing in people all around the country to talk, talk to small small business owners and, and to say, you know, tell people about their journey, how important I mean, it is, what I do with a mentor, to be honest with you. But it's, is that what we're talking about, a marketing program? That, you know, you're going to put something, I mean, and by the way, it's great to hear you're not a bureaucrat. You're, you're sort of um, a, a semi-government instrument or a, you're, a, a, you're not part of the bureaucracy. You can say what you think. I like that idea. Um, but what, how, do you, how do we build back this confidence to go, go into business? So it starts with Small Business Month next year for us in March. Oh, good. Um, so, so we've moved Small Business Month from November. We didn't think that was the right time to do it, um, tone deaf in my view. Um, we need to move it to March so when people actually can start thinking about how they get out of COVID, planning for the future. So full month of activities uh, for small business right across the state. Um, so that, that's where it starts in my view. Awesome. We'll go from there. You have a small business. But there's interesting. I don't know. I didn't even know. I, only reason I was knew about the North Territory one is because I've been invited to speak there many, many years ago. And I just thought, what a brilliant idea. Do you have like uh, Facebook or Instagram sites? Yeah. I mean, where, where can people follow you? So Facebook site, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Instagram, website. Um, and like so we've, we've, I think it's 250 different news stories in the last 12 months that we've done to assist small business uh, in terms of getting information. We had 400,000 hits to our website last month. So that's, that's grown. That would have been awesome. probably more than double what we had in 12 months in previous years. But uh, um, we're trying to make it relevant. We're trying to cut through in terms of I haven't got time to read 50 pages of, of this. I've got time to read one. Um, so how do I get that message really clearly to them? How do I have a single source of truth? You mentioned industry association chambers. They struggle to get information too. So how do I give them information that they can spread and give to their members, which is a real focus of us? So if they can only read one document, say, what's the most important one in terms of uh, getting support and assistance to their small business members? So we're really focused on that. Final question, Chris Lamont, six months' time from now, you know, we, we get through all the hoops, um, you know, and you get your first couple of three months next year and you're in March and uh, how does Chris Lamont 
sit back and um, assess how well he did. What what are the markers? What are you looking for? What do you want? Look, what do you want to get out of all this? What do you want for us? That we have as many of the eight hundred thousand small businesses still in business. Uh, I think that has to be the goal of of everyone at this point in time, and that we've given business like it's more confidence to invest. Um, we need them to to thrive uh, and to survive going forward. I think often we we see a pandemic through the lens of either the health lens or the economic lens. I think that's completely wrong. We have to look at it through both lenses. We can't afford a health response if small business don't survive this because small businesses pay the taxes that provide our roads, provide our schools, provide our hospitals. Um, so let's look at it as, a, as an economic issue and a health issue and let's get as many small businesses through this time as we can and give them the confidence to go forward post the pandemic. Uh, Premier Gladys Berejiklian, um, I would like to see Chris Lamont standing up there at least once every week, once a week, once every two weeks and telling us how, what is the barometer? Just give us, put some spotlight on the small business community. Tell us what you're doing for the small business community. Tell us where Chris, Chris, tell us where you think we're going to be in a period of time. What's coming up and what are the difficulties? What are you guys offering? And I think Premier, that will go a long way to increasing our confidence in what the New South Wales government's doing. Chris Lamont, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Actually, I think you're a good dude. You sound good. You, you talk well and you get to the guts of it. And I think you're pretty practical, but there's no bullshit in you. So I like it. Thanks very much. Pleasure. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Mentor. Audio and production is by Jess Morley. And production assistants, Jonathan Leondis. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.